All right, everybody, welcome to Season 3, Episode 12 of Tap Outs and Touchdowns. As always, it's your guy, Bully Rye, back at it again, wherever you may be, however you may be listening. Thanks for making me part of your day, presented by Anchor Podcasts. Episode 1 of 2 this week. Uh, Going forward, uh, once we really get into football season, we're going to have two episodes a week, unless something strange comes up. Uh, where we'll have more than likely a wrestling episode uh, air on Mondays and a football episode air on Thursdays. This week, it's going to be an all-football tap-outs and touchdowns uh, for you this week. Before we get into it, a uh, quick reminder where you can find me on social media. On Twitter, search for at tap-outs and TDs. On Facebook, it's just search for at tap-outs and touchdowns. And the email to the show, tap-outs and touchdowns at gmail.com episode one this week will be airing august 9th on a monday uh meaning that we are a mere few weeks away not only from nfl football but from college football as well this coming thursday you'll get my sec preview uh as well as my wrap-up of the nfl divisional predictions uh, which will culminate in my nfl playoff predictions for 2021 and 2022 season. Uh, it's going to be a really fun show. Uh, it's it's something that I've, I've been working on all season on the show. So hopefully you'll get some enjoyment out of it as well. Uh, now, having said all of that, that's Thursday's show. Uh, today is all about fantasy football. This is my fantasy football preview. Uh, but before I get into the first edition of Bullies, Buys, and Sells for the 2021 season. I figured I'd start off this week's opening bell with sort of an introduction into fantasy football. Now, I've been doing fantasy football since I was in college. So we're talking 2005-ish. I originally started playing fantasy football. Now, when you've been playing it as long as I have, you sort of understand the ins and outs. You sort of understand strategies and you know, what players are where, and it helps you kind of focus on players that get moved around in the offseason. But before we go that far into it, uh, my quick introduction, I I say quick, this is going to be a a few minutes, but I often am asked, what exactly is fantasy football? How do you win? What, how do you pick your players? Uh, You know, just people not understanding the entire concept of fantasy football. At its core, uh, fantasy football, I've heard it equated to like Dungeons and Dragons for jocks, and that may be so, Uh, but fantasy football in and of itself is just a way for like-minded football fans to get together and build their own NFL roster uh, that will compete head-to-head in somebody else's constructed NFL roster. So without having to try to give you a a decent analogy in in what might be your world, imagine taking four NFL teams. Imagine if you're, you know, let's say a Panthers fan and you've got four NFL teams and you've got four friends. You're like, Hey, I'm going to take my favorite players from the Panthers, from the Falcons, the saints and the bucks. And I'm going to put them on one team. Boom. There's a fantasy team. So a fantasy roster is, is compiled of all 32 teams drafted at each position, uh, be it quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and in most cases, a kicker and a defense and special teams unit. Now, there are some more in-depth NFL fantasy players who play with individual defensive players uh, and, and maybe an, another special teams player like a punter or a kick returner, or whatever the case is. Uh, But for the sake of simplicity, I'm going to kind of give you my introduction based off the the core positions. Now, obviously, on, you know, there are 32 teams. So if you wanted to divvy up the rosters, that would mean there were 32 starting running backs in the NFL. If you say that there's two wide, you know, you can call two wide receivers starting wide receivers. That makes 64 wide receivers that are starting wide receivers in the NFL. 32 starting quarterbacks, 32 starting tight ends. 
Now, it doesn't always go where only the starting players at each position are drafted. But you go through uh, sometimes anywhere between 16 and 18 rounds uh, where you're drafting players at each position. Uh, it doesn't have to go in, in the order of a running back, wide receiver, quarterback, etc. You can draft whatever position and whatever round that you want. And saying that, like you, you're gonna, you know, obviously depending on the size of your league, I would recommend nowhere, nowhere more than, I'll be honest, nowhere fewer than ten teams in your league, and honestly, no more than twelve teams in your league. Uh, if you're playing in an eight-team league, every single one of those teams are gonna have enough good players where it's not really even gonna be competitive, and we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, and when you go past twelve teams then you're looking at, at scouring the ends of depth charts just to fill your roster. Uh, so as I mentioned, you're compiling your roster with players from all 32 teams in the NFL to try to put your best lineup uh, that can go against uh, your friends or whoever the case may be, your family uh, in your NF or in your fantasy league. Now, players get points based on production. So, and I guess I should preface all of this with saying there are standard rules uh, that are understood uh, in fantasy leagues, and, and that's the point system that I'm going to be using to try to explain to you exactly how fantasy football works. With running backs or with quarterbacks or with wide receivers, players get points for running the football. Generally speaking, for every 10 yards a player runs, they get one point. Uh, in some leagues, you get fractional points. So if, a let's say, a running back gets a 15-yard run, that player gets 1.5 points. The same goes for receiving yards. For every uh, 10 receiving yards, you get one point. So if you get 25 receiving yards on a play, uh, that's 2.5 points for your player, be it a running back or wide receiver or tight end, uh, whatever the case may be. Now, most leagues come standard where you get what's called points per reception or PPR. That means that for every catch your player that you've drafted makes, uh, they get a point. So a second ago when I explained the wide receiver caught a 25-yard pass, you get one point for the catch and then 2.5 points for the yardage. So that catch nets your receiver 3.5 points instead of the 2.5 that I explained a second ago. Uh, quarterbacks are a little different story. Uh, the the receiving and rushing, you know, they they kind of go for wide receivers who, you know, where wide receivers run end arounds or whatever the case may be. Uh, generally speaking, for running backs uh, and tight ends get basically the same uh, same receiving points. Uh, tight ends are an extension of wide receivers, uh, but nevertheless, quarterbacks are a different story. So generally speaking, in most fantasy leagues. For every 25 uh, yards passed, because it's a lot easier to rack up yards passing than it is running or receiving, for every 25 yards passing, you get a point. Now, I'm not going to try to do fractionals uh, or, or fractions to, to explain this, but if your quarterback is thrown for 200 passing yards in a game, divide that by 25 yards, that's eight points that quarterback would get just for yardage. Uh, now, I've sort of kind of laid out how you get points for yards and receptions, et cetera. Um, you also get points for touchdowns. Uh, so if you're in, in most cases, rushing touchdowns and receiving touchdowns count for six points, which is easy to remember because that's how many points they score in an NFL game. So if let's, let's go back to my receiver analogy. If your receiver has caught that 25 yard touchdown, a 25-yard pass, I should say, that results in a touchdown. So he's got a 25-yard touchdown reception. You get the one point for the catch. You get 2.5 points for the yardage. And now you get six points for the touchdown, which will culminate. That's a 9.5-point uh, uh, achievement, I guess, for your wide receiver, whoever it may be that, that has recorded that play. Uh, hopefully, you're starting to to understand it a little better. If you didn't before listening to this podcast, um, quarterbacks who throw touchdowns uh, generally, in most standard scoring leagues, quarterbacks score four points for throwing the touchdown. Because again, and as you'll see, 
quarterbacks have more opportunities to score than running backs and wide receivers do. I generally tend to, to knock that up to match what receiving touchdowns go for, which is six points. So hopefully you've been able to follow that you get points for yards gained. You get points for receptions made by your running back, wide receiver, or tight end. Uh, you get points for touchdowns. Now you also get points taken away for turnovers. In most standard leagues, if your player happens to fumble, you take two points away from his point total. If your quarterback throws an interception, that's an, another two-point takeaway from your point total. Uh, so so it's not only can you gain points, but you can also lose points uh, with, the, with your player's performance. Now, I don't want to get into a whole lot of specifics with kickers or defensive uh, stats, uh, but kickers get points for kicking field goals. And they also lose points for missing field goals or missing extra points. And all, that's all kind of dependent on your league manager. Uh, but generally, it's three points for a field goal made. Uh, you can always adjust point totals uh, when it comes to longer field goals, 40, 50-plus yarders. Uh, you get generally one point for an extra point. Uh, in most, most cases, you lose a point for any missed field goals or extra points uh, for your kicker's uh, stats. Defense is a lot more in-depth. Uh, you get points if your defense gets a sack in the game. You get points if your defense uh, recovers a fumble or gets an interception. In most cases, it's two points uh, for your defense for each of those, one point per sack. Um, but they also start off with points. The defense is the the defensive special teams unit is the only position on your roster that starts with points. Generally, it's ten points, and depending on your league manager, you can lose points for yards given up. You can lose points for points given up. So let's say you have a defense playing Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, and Tom Brady throws a touchdown. Now your team, now your defense, who started off with ten points. Is has now given up seven points after the extra point, and thus, uh, based on the point uh, scale that is set by whatever Yahoo ESPN you're using, those ten points now go to six points, so on and so forth. So it's a again, it sounds complicated, but when you've been doing it as long as, as someone like I have, uh, is it becomes second nature. But I know I generally have a lot of people asking. How does fantasy football work? This was my general explanation of how points are scored in a fantasy football game uh, so that maybe if, if it's something you're interested in, maybe this makes a little more sense to you and it helps you make the decision to try fantasy football. Now, having said that, you're probably still wondering, well, how do I choose my team? There are all sorts of tools all over the internet, be it ESPN.com, be it Yahoo, be it CBS Sports, be it NFL.com. There are plenty of useful articles and cheat sheets that will rank the players by positions uh, to kind of give you an idea of where you want to approach these uh, you know, specific players for your team. Now, remember, there's going to be 10 teams, in, at least 10 teams in your league, hopefully, so when that time comes to for you to draft that player that you want, they might already be gone. That's why these cheat sheets and these ranking lists that are all over that you can find will help you decide what player is best for you to take when it comes time for you to draft. Now, my best piece of advice to you, if it's your first time drafting, it's your first time playing uh, fantasy football, and I'm, I'm honestly, I should have prefaced this before I started this explanation. I try to get my nephew, shout out to Chase Frender, uh, to play fantasy football with me for a few years. I reached out to him at the end of last week, and he said, well, I'm playing in a league this week. And so I want to send this link to him so that he can sort of understand a little better of how uh, of how fantasy works, maybe a little more so than, than maybe he knew uh, before listening to this. There's strategy behind players and, and the positions that they play and where you draft them. Uh, it's generally understood 
that the position with the most value in a fantasy football draft comes from the running back position. These are the players that are going to get handed the ball out of the backfield, handoffs where they're allowed to they, – they, essentially, they touch the ball more than anybody else on the field. In this lifetime's NFL, running backs do a lot of receiving, a lot of catching passes out of the backfield, which is going to, once again, increase their value when it comes to drafting. So when it comes to drafting an effective NFL or when it comes to drafting an effective fantasy roster, I should say, depending on who's available, the best strategy to go uh, is is generally you want to go in your first round of your draft running back unless you're drafting late and all the, let's call it the top six running backs are gone. Then you can look at maybe your elite pass catchers, your number one wide receivers, be it like the Devontae Adams or in the past a Michael Thomas or a Calvin Johnson. Uh, but generally speaking, the running backs are the ones that are going to have the most opportunities to score points. And ultimately, that's what you want. You want to set yourself up to score the most points that you can week in and week out. That should that should go without without saying. Uh, but running backs with is, is the volume that they get touching the football. That's where your value lies. Now, that could also change again when you get later in, in the first and second rounds. Your elite receivers start uh, going off the board. DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, et cetera, et cetera. So if, let's say, you're looking at your top six running backs, being Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, guys like these are gone. Then it's not necessarily a bad thing to take a flyer at a Devontae Adams. But ultimately, you want to set yourself up uh, to, to get a running back that's going to be able to score points for you week in and week out. There, there's an... ESPN analyst, the ESPN fantasy analyst, I should say, Matthew Berry, uh, Matthew Berry TMR, free plug. Um, not that he needs it. Uh, the guy's been all over the place, and he's, he's one of my favorite fantasy analysts out there. Uh, but he'll explain to you that the idea behind putting together a fantasy team is the highest floor um, with the, I guess, with the highest ceiling. In other words, you don't want you want to draft a player who is is going to give your best opportunity to be consistent. You everybody's going to want to get those flashy players that score forty points in a game, and we've all seen it. Tyreek Hill, uh, I believe, I believe Dalvin Cook's done it. Ezekiel Elliott's done it. I mean, we've got players that have scored more than thirty points in a game, and by all means, that's a great thing to do. But if you can get a roster full of players who average anywhere between 15 and 20 points per game, that consistency is going to help you win a league. You also don't want to get too far ahead of yourself and try to try to save a roster for the playoffs. So if you have some players that, you know, I really want to hold on to a playoff run, that's all well and good. But if you're losing in the regular season in the NF, in, in the fantasy season, then it's not going to matter come playoff time. So my first piece of advice is to go for consistency, uh, draft running backs that are that are going to get the, the most volume. And again, you can find articles that explain all that to you. Um, and my second piece of advice is to more than more than likely play to win every week. Don't try to be overly patient and completely miss your playoffs because you just knew the player that you had on your roster was going to break out at some point. Uh, consistency is key and uh, not trying to get the flashy name because that's their favorite player or you might be a Cowboys fan so you want to pick Ezekiel Elliott Zeke goes off the board well you're drafting at ninth overall you know what I'm gonna take Dak Prescott because he's the quarterback for my favorite team it's always hard to bet with your heart and especially when it comes to fantasy football you have to be objective and do what's best for you to win your league. Uh, so I mentioned the running backs being the most valuable players. The receivers probably come next. And as you'll hear more about in the main event of the show with bullies, buys, and sells, uh, tight ends, if you don't have one of those top two to three tight ends, it's all a crapshoot. Uh, but there are so many quarterbacks that are going to be able to put points up for you. Don't be tempted 
to take a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen or a Tom Brady, uh, a Kyler Murray, anything like that within your top two to three rounds. Uh, I think your only argument could be for Patrick Mahomes at this rate. But because there are so many good quarterbacks that will be able to put you consistent points on the board. Remember I mentioned consistency is key. You want to draft position players. Uh, Maybe once you see six or seven quarterbacks go off the board, and when you draft, you'll notice that quarterbacks go on a run. If you start panicking, that's when you start making mistakes when you're putting together your roster. Go, Go for consistency. Uh, don't bet with your heart uh, and, uh, you know, be patient when it comes to drafting, uh, especially when it comes to quarterbacks. Last but not least, I think it should be mentioned uh, that if you decide to try fantasy football for the first time, I would suggest you find somewhere that you can play for free. Most of the websites that you can go to, again, ESPN, Yahoo, uh, CBS, NFL, they'll let you play for free. Uh, now, if you live in a state that, that gambling is illegal, obviously it's something that you'll, you're going to want to steer away from, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, but it's not a good idea to let people who might have been playing fantasy football for a very long time convince you to put money on the line when it comes to a fantasy football league. My best, my best suggestion is to play fantasy football for at least a season or two, maybe even three, so that you can get the hang of it and see how it works before you finally decide to play in a money league. I mentioned I started playing around 2005. I didn't play in my first money league until 2008. I was fortunate enough to win it. So <laughs> that was a nice chunk of change for me that year. Uh, but that was one of my, if I had to put it, up in the year right now, five times of winning a league. And I normally play three to four leagues a year. So again, uh, be patient and learn the game before you decide to go and essentially piss away money. Uh, so hopefully some of what I've said has sort of given you some insight into how fantasy football works, some strategy when it comes to drafting your roster and how to, uh, Play for consistency and not for flash uh, because you're going to reach for flashy guys that are going to do nothing but let you down. And anybody who has played fantasy football can tell you drafting that big name uh, at some point in your life will completely disappoint you uh, going into fantasy football. So that's been your opening bell, my pseudo introduction to fantasy football. I hope it's been useful if there's something that I didn't cover or something that you think I should mention, uh, make sure to reach out to me on social media, and I will make sure to mention it the next show that I record talking about fantasy football. Coming up next, it's the 2021 premiere of Bullies, Buys, and Sells, where I'm going to go through some quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, and tight ends on who to watch, watch out for that are currently ranked outside of your top positions, according to ESPN.com. So stick around for the main event. We'll be right back right here on Tap Outs and Touchdowns. All right, welcome to the main event of the show this week. Your bully buys and sells for the 2021 season. A quick reminder where you can find me on social media in case I missed anything in my introduction to fantasy football for you in the opening bell. On Twitter, find me at Tapouts and TDs. On Facebook, Tapouts and Touchdowns. And the email to the show, Tapouts and Touchdowns at gmail.com. A reminder if you go to Facebook, you can send me a message through Facebook, uh, through the Facebook page. Uh, But if you prefer email, uh, reach out to me via email. Uh, Your main event, Bullies, Buys, and Sells for 2021. If you listened to the show in Season 2, I did a Bullies, Buy, and Sell every week regarding two players in each position that I thought that if you had uh, you on a play uh, during each specific week in fantasy football and the the players that if you had 
uh, you should either drop altogether or at least not start in your roster that we. This edition of Bullies, Buys, and Sells is part of my uh, fantasy football preview for the 2021 season. I have gone to ESPN.com and looked at their top players in each position. Their, their quarterback rankings go to 25. Their receivers and running backs go to 30. And their tight ends go to 25 as well. Uh, to give you an explanation on my buys, the, the buys are going to be players outside of the top 10 quarterbacks, your top 20 running backs, or your top 30 wide receivers that I think you ought to at least think about targeting when it comes to your draft, which should be any time within the next month or so. And then players inside that top 10, 20, and 30, respectively, that you should probably try to avoid unless you can get them in a bargain in your draft. So without further ado, I'm going into quarterbacks in uh, Bullies Buys for the 2021 season. And my first quarterback buy uh, goes to Ryan Tannehill. Currently just outside of the top 10 in ESPN.com's ranking at number 11. Uh, you add Julio Jones to an already explosive offense. And a well-balanced offense is going to bode well for Ryan Tannehill. If you've paid attention to my NFL divisional predictions, uh, you'll understand exactly what I mean. In 2020, Ryan Tannehill, believe it or not, quietly scored the seventh most in fantasy points among quarterbacks. Uh, scoring a total of 344 points or good for 21 and a half points per game. The only six quarterbacks above Ryan Tannehill in 2020 were Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, and Russell Wilson. Tannehill finished in front of guys such as Tom Brady, Justin Herbert, and the 2019 NFL MVP, Lamar Jackson. Again, I mentioned he's he's still got A.J. Brown in that offense. Uh, he's now added Julio Jones. And with a running game with Derrick Henry, it's going to open up the play-action pass for Ryan Tannehill. And a guy who scored the seventh most in fantasy points amongst quarterbacks last year to be ranked outside of the top 10. Uh, when I mentioned trying to get good value or be patient in drafting quarterbacks in the opening bell, this is what I'm talking about. If you draft a bunch of positional players uh, in your in your draft, and you start seeing quarterbacks go off the board, Ryan Tannehill is uh, is, a, is a steal if you can get him late in your draft. Uh, before I go on, now that I think about it, I also want to just really briefly mention, and it's off topic, and I'm sorry for squeezing it in here. Kickers and defenses don't draft them before let's call it the twelfth round in your fantasy draft. In most cases, don't draft a kicker until your last round. Kickers are a dime of dozen. There, you could you could get the best kicker in the NFL right now. Harrison Bucker is is rated as the top kicker in fantasy. There might be a week where Harrison Bucker only scores only kicks a field goal and he has three points on the week. But then you can have a week where he scores twenty, a bunch of field goals, a bunch of extra points. If there's one, if the strongest piece of advice I can give you is do not draft a defense or a kicker before the 12th round because nine times out of 10, those positions are plug and play. And I just wanted to interject that while I was thinking about uh, players and, and where, to, where to draft them in order to try to get steals and the best value for your draft picks in your draft. Sorry, to, sorry for my little tangent. Uh, the first buy for the 2021 season was Ryan Tannehill. My second buy at quarterback for the 2021 season goes to second-year quarterback Joe Burrow, currently sitting 13th in the ESPN rankings. Before his injury last year, he averaged 17.4 points a game. Uh, he also added Jamar Chase, his college teammate, to an already loaded wide receiver core in Cincinnati with T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Uh, despite having a bad offensive line, which is one of the reasons why he threw the ball so much as a rookie, uh, his defense is going to be really bad this season, uh, and and that's going to put them in spots where they're going to be playing from behind, um, and Joe Burrow is going to be able to get what the fantasy experts call garbage time points, where there's no way, let's say the Bengals are down by 21 points, and there's no way they're going to be able to win. That's, that doesn't mean they're not going to start, not going to keep trying. 
which means there's two minutes left in the game. Joe Burrow's got, let's call it, 12 fantasy points, and he throws a touchdown just because that's a garbage-time touchdown. And with as bad as his defense is going to be in Cincinnati, that's going to put Joe Burrow, I should say, in a lot of those situations. Now, he's not doing uh, all that great in camp right now, and I think it's because he's not quite 100% from his injury from last season. Uh, but he'll be at a full at full go somewhere sometime during the season, uh, and and I believe he's going to be a steal outside of the top ten in your fantasy draft. So my two bully buys on quarterbacks this year: if you can wait to draft a quarterback, go to Ryan Tannehill and Joe Burrow. Now a couple of sells here for quarterbacks in in this season. My first should be no surprise because I had a lot of bad things to say about him in season two. Uh, my first sell goes to Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson, currently ranked fifth on ESPN.com. Last season, uh, despite having a really bad season, he was still good enough to be the 10th best quarterback in fantasy, averaging 22.2 points per game. Now, again, go back to my divisional previews with the AFC North. They did add a rookie wide receiver in Rashad Bateman, at wide receiver. Uh, but if you go, I, I keep mentioning these ranking lists if you go and look at the wide receiver ranking list, there is not one Baltimore Ravens wide receiver that is ranked in the top 50 of fantasy wide receivers. And Lamar Jackson threw for less than 3,000 yards last season, but he rushed for over 1,000, and I believe that's where you're going to get a lot of your points from Lamar Jackson. Now, again, if you go back to my AFC North preview, I believe I have him finishing third in the division, and I haven't had a lot of good things to say about about the offense for the Ravens, and that's where my lack of faith in Lamar Jackson comes from. I believe, even though he is currently ranked fifth in quarterbacks and two years removed from being a league MVP, Lamar Jackson will finish outside of the top 10 in fantasy quarterbacks this year. My second fantasy uh, quarterback sell for 2021 goes to another second-year player. Uh, I mentioned Joe Burrow in my buys. This one goes to Jalen Hurts. He's currently somehow ranked 10th in quarterbacks uh, on ESPN.com. Now, he didn't start most of 2020, uh, but he came in He, he came in late because they decided to make a change. Carson Wentz, you can hear the, see the writing on the wall. Uh, averaged 7.3 points a game in 2020 and, and fantasy points. Already seemingly preparing to be out of Philadelphia after the season. If you listen to any of his interviews, uh, do some do some more research outside of my podcast on him. Uh, he doesn't seem very confident in keeping that job longer than this season. Now, they I, I mentioned in my again my NFC East preview, they did draft one of his college uh, teammates and Devontae Smith uh, in the in the draft in the first round. But he's already banged up in camp. He's already hurt in, in fall camp for the Eagles. Uh, I'll be honest with you. As much as I, I would like to see Devontae Smith break out and the Eagles be competitive, Jalen Hurts won't finish as a top 20 quarterback in 2021. He's currently ranked 10th. I say he finishes out of the top 20, uh, the top 20 in 2021. So my, my final recap for quarterbacks, my bullies buys on quarterbacks in your fantasy draft, go to Ryan Tannehill and Joe Burrow, get them late to add some, some real strong value to your position players, and do not hesitate to pass on quarterbacks Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts. Uh, going forward with running backs now, bullies buys on running backs, this one should go to, as no surprise because I am a super homer, if nothing else, uh, goes to... Atlanta Falcons running back Mike Davis. He is currently ranked 23rd on ESPN.com. In 2020, in relief of Christian McCaffrey in Carolina, he had a slew of top 10 fantasy games and finished the year with 206 points, 206.5 points, I should say, good for 13.8 points per game as in a number 12 fantasy running back in 2020. Now, the only person that you can really compete with him for the starting running back job in Atlanta right now is converted wide receiver Cordero Patterson. He is slated to be the starting running back in Atlanta. I mentioned Matthew Berry in the opening bell. Matthew Berry tweeted a picture of Mike Davis's quads and thighs in camp in, in these OTAs for Mike Davis. 
dude's legs are as big as my torso. And if you've ever seen what I look like, I'm not a small guy. Mike Davis has monster legs. And not just because he's a former Gamecock, I think he's criminally underrated as a running back. And playing in relief of Christian McCaffrey showed just that. I think he got a bad rap in, in Chicago. I think he got a bad rap, not Chicago, in, in San Francisco. I think he got a bad rap in Seattle. I think he, honestly, I think he deserves to be more of a starter running back than, uh, maybe not some more than Chris Carson. Um, but there's some running backs that have come through Seattle that should have been let go long before Mike Davis ever was. And this year with the Falcons, uh, as a as a finally a chance to be the starter on a team, he's going to take advantage of that in 2021. And I believe he's going to be, if not a top 10, a top 15 running back. And right now he is, I, I'm not sure what his ADP is uh, for non-fantasy football players as your average draft position. Uh, but right now ranked 23rd in running backs on ESPN.com. Mike Davis is a steal if you can get him later in your draft. My second buy for running backs in 2021 goes to Arizona Cardinals' Chase Edmonds, currently 24th on ESPN.com, averaged 10.5 points a game in 2020 with 53 receptions. Uh, There's no Kenyon Drake in Arizona. Uh, There is an addition of James Conner. That means he might split some carries. But if you go back, and uh, as I mentioned, uh, Kenyon Drake uh, had less than half of the receptions that Chase Edmonds had last season. And Chase Edmonds will continue to be involved in this pass offense that just continues to get better. Uh, Chase Edmonds will be a top 20 running back. Uh, Good for your RB2, your second running back on your roster in 2021. A couple of sells, one that probably won't won't surprise anybody, but we'll start off with a different one. Uh, My first running back sell for the 2021 season goes to Jonathan Taylor, currently ranked 8th on ESPN.com. Finished sixth in 2020 uh, in, in running back points, 16.9 points per game, uh, a total of 252.8 points total, uh, fantasy points last season, I should say. Uh, but in an offense right now where Phillip Rivers is no longer there, uh, Carson Wentz is out the next five to 12 weeks. Uh, the starting left guard uh, is dealing with the same injury that Carson Wentz is dealing with, with the same timetable of five to 12 weeks being out. Uh, he's going to be really good down the stretch for maybe a playoff run. But if you remembered what I said in the opening bell, you have to win week to week. Jonathan Taylor is not going to be that top scorer that you would be expecting if you drafted him in your first two rounds, which is one of the reasons why I'm selling on uh, Jonathan Taylor right now. Not to mention combine that with the fact that Marlon Mack is coming back. I don't believe that Marlon Mack coming back is going to put Jonathan Taylor to the bench, but he may impede some of these carries. And like I said, this Colts offense is going to struggle with no Carson Wentz. They're all pro left guard being out for that same time frame. Uh, Jonathan Taylor might be a good player down the stretch to have, uh, but for for the sake of this show and the sake of, of this conversation, I'm selling Jonathan Taylor right now uh, in 2021. The next one should, should come as no surprise. Because unfortunately, I have had nothing, nothing good to say about him. Which who am I to who am I to say anything bad about somebody's talent? Like I'm, I'm a, a, a fantasy football player in South Carolina. Like I've never put on pads or anything like that. But I've never had anything good to say about this running back either. And that's running back for the Philadelphia Eagles, Miles Sanders, currently ranked 16th on ESPN.com. Last season, he missed I, I believe five games. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but he finished 23rd in running backs, 174 or 170.4 points total, 14.2 points per game in 2020. Again, I mentioned he only started 11 games in each of the last two seasons, and in 2020 he missed five games. Uh, there are reports out right now showing uh, that he is having some drops issues, as well as ball security in fall camp. I mentioned uh, I mentioned when I said to sell on Jalen Hurts that I think the Eagles are not going to be that good. They're not going to be that competitive. Uh, I believe because there's there's not a whole lot of talent to worry about as far as receiving threats here in Philadelphia. Uh, defenses are going to stack the box, and that's not going to bode well for Miles Sanders. Um, just a matter of time, in my opinion, before he gets hurt again because he hasn't he hasn't started or played a full season since he's been in the league. Uh, sort of like I mentioned uh, with with. 
Jalen Hurts not being a top 20 quarterback. I don't see Miles Sanders being a top 20 running back in fantasy football this season and being ranked 16th. That'd make him good to be a, a second running back on your roster. Most fantasy rosters start a quarterback, two running backs, two receivers. Uh, Miles Sanders would probably be good for a flex in my, in my opinion, uh, but I, I'm not touching Miles Sanders this year in fantasy football. So again, um, my recap on my running backs, I'm buying Mike Davis and Chase Edmonds for where they're getting where they're they're ranked right now, and I'm selling on Jonathan Taylor and Miles Sanders. Moving right along, we're bullies, buys, and sells at wide receiver in 2021. A couple names that might be surprising because they're not big names to think about. Remember, I mentioned there are going to be receivers outside of the top 30 that I'm talking about. And so my first bully buy goes to Robbie Anderson which is just outside of the top 30 on ESPN at this moment, ranked 31st on ESPN.com. In 2020, he finished 19th at wide receiver, for good for 224.1 points or 14 points per game with the Carolina Panthers, who struggled mightily in the past game last year with Teddy Bridgewater at the helm. I mentioned Teddy Bridgewater because now Robbie Anderson gets his former teammate Sam Darnold throwing him the ball. Uh, that experience is going to help him out. In 2020, he had 95 receptions for 1,096 yards with Teddy Bridgewater throwing it to him. I believe he's going to exceed uh, that number in 2021 uh, and be a top 20 wide receiver here again uh, for the 2021 season. My second buy goes to a rookie, and that's a risky thing to do. You don't like taking rookies super early, but this guy is ranked 47 on ESPN.com. Uh, so taking a late-round flyer on this guy is not going to hurt you. It's, it's going to be a best-case scenario, and that's wide receiver Jalen Waddell from the Miami Dolphins. Playing with former college quarterback Tua Tagovailoa. Um, as a sophomore into his final year at Alabama, he only had 33 receptions for 560 yards with six touchdowns. He did spend some of that year hurt. Uh, as a freshman with Tua Tagovailoa, he had 45 receptions for 848 yards and seven touchdowns at Alabama. I mentioned it's it's scary to, to take a rookie uh, or to even think about drafting a rookie. They're hard to judge, and especially in fantasy football. Uh, but to me, something about college teammates playing together in the pros, I mentioned with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, um, obviously the success was there with Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins. So you get a Tua and a Jalen Waddle here. Um, it, it gives me hope for these guys. And again, at 47th, he's going to be a really good late-round flyer uh, that's going to contribute late in the season as Miami fights for the playoffs and, can, and continues to improve as the season goes along. Uh, my second bully buy at wide receiver goes to rookie Jalen Waddle. My bully sells are going to be very controversial. Maybe not as controversial as I think they're going to be, but – Without further ado, let's just get into it. My first sell goes to New Orleans wide receiver Michael Thomas. Believe it or not, this guy was a, a top three draft pick in probably each of the last, I don't know, four or five seasons, however long he's been in the league, at least maybe his second year uh, with Drew Brees. He's currently ranked 28th on ESPN.com. Last season, he spent much of the year hurt, and it showed when it comes to fantasy output, finished 95th. Uh, in 2020, uh, with this this season, uh, no Drew Brees. Uh, he's going to be dealing with either Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill. They both struggle throwing deep balls. Um, and believe it or not, Michael Thomas is still dealing with injuries in camp. Um, honestly, if unless I can get him, I mentioned a 12th round for a kicker or defense. If Michael Thomas is available in the 12th round, by then you've already got your starting lineup set. Michael Thomas would be a good stash uh, in case uh, he does pick it up at the end of the year. Maybe New Orleans makes a move and gets a quarterback that can help them compete in that division that is continuing to get better. Uh, but right now, I'm not touching Michael Thomas unless he's available past the, the 10th to 12th round range. My other one should be as no surprise. Uh, it's Odell Beckham Jr. Coming from a guy who drafted Odell last year, uh, he's currently ranked 30th on ESPN.com. He finished above Michael Thomas last season, uh, despite the fact that he tore his ACL early in the year. I uh, finished 91st in fantasy points among wide receivers. Uh, tore his, like I said, tore his ACL early in the year. Uh, he's clearly talented wide receiver. 
but I believe if you really go and watch the tape, it looks like the Browns' offense uh, is one built around the run with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and two, it just seems to be better without Odell in the lineup. I can't explain it. Maybe Odell has this aura about him that's give me the ball and I'm gonna make a play that I don't know makes Baker Mayfield nervous, affects his teammates. Either way. Uh, it just doesn't seem like the same offense with him on the field in Cleveland. I wrote this in my notes, and I, I, I'm starting to to convince myself more of it. There was a, a catch where he was he was flipping like behind the back one hander, I believe it was on a Monday Night Football game, and I honestly think the hype built around that miraculous one handed catch put him on this pedestal that he really hasn't been able to reach since. Now he was productive when he was still in New York. He's had games where he's, project, he, he's productive, but week in and week out, remember I mentioned in, in the opening bell, consistency is key. And with Odell Beckham Jr., you do not know what you're going to get week in and week out. There's one week that you might get 28 points. He might even get a wide receiver pass where he throws for a touchdown, and that's all well and good. But the following week, he might put up three points. A conundrum that most fantasy football players have are sitting and starting. As, again, you'll listen to season two. My bullies and buys and sells are all about sitting and starting players. <laughs> More than likely, you're going to start Odell Beckham Jr., and he's going to get you less than 10 fantasy points. The weeks that you bench him, he's going to score 20-plus, and it's going to be the most frustrating situation the year that you're going to find yourself in. Again, similar to Michael Thomas, I'm not touching Odell Beckham Jr., Unless he's, unless he's available late, late in the draft. And you're already set with your starting wide receivers. You're already set with your even some of your bench wide receivers. And you just want to have somebody that maybe become a breakout player. Maybe you can use him to trade later in the season. But nevertheless, I'm not touching Odell Beckham Jr. unless he's available in the back end of the draft. Uh, so again, a recap of wide receivers. My bullies buys on wide receivers this year. Uh, great value for their current rankings. Robbie Anderson and rookie Jalen Waddell. My cells are Michael Thomas and Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, last but certainly not least in this uh, fantasy football preview, go to the tight ends. And I want to go ahead and say this caveat that, that I said in the opening bell. If you don't have a tight end uh, like Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, or George Kittle, it is a total crapshoot at tight end. The disparage, the, 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 the discrepancy, I should say, between these top three tight ends and every other tight end in the league is, it's stupid. Like, it's, it's, if you get Travis Kelsey, you don't have to worry about where you're plugging in it, who you're plugging in at tight end. Uh, any of the other guys, again, sort of the, the consistency is key thing. You don't know what you're getting from any of these tight ends. But I'm going to give you my three tight ends that I think will be good for where they're currently ranked. And uh, comparatively speaking, uh, somebody who, if you don't get one of these top three tight ends, guys that you should be able to start, that you should feel good about starting, uh, considering that, again, past those elite three, it's sort of a crapshoot anyway. So first, I've got my bully buys tight ends. Rookie Kyle Pitts from the Atlanta Falcons, currently ranked sixth on ESPN.com. Uh, listen, there's not much I can't say about, about Kyle Pitts. He was the highest rated uh, tight end. I should say the highest drafted tight end that I ever remember seeing. Uh, if he's healthy all season, he could be the offensive rookie of the year and a top five fantasy tight end. Uh, at Florida in his senior year, uh, 43 receptions, 770 yards with 12 touchdowns. Uh, no Julio Jones in Atlanta means a ton of targets are up for grabs. Uh, they're talking about Kyle Pitts uh, lining up outside, maybe some at wide receiver. You've got Kyle Pitts. You've also got Hayden Hurst on that team now. So they might run some two tight end sets either way. It's really scary to talk about a rookie, especially a tight end, which is to say that if you don't get a Kelsey, Kittle, or Waller, if you hold off a little while uh, and you get Kyle Pitts, let's say, eighth or ninth round, I think you're doing a, a pretty good deal considering he's he's right now just outside of the top five, and he could finish as a top five tight end in 2021. Next up on the, my list, currently the number ninth ranked ESPN.com tight end, uh, Denver Bronco Noah Fant 
finished as the number eight tight end in 2020. Now, they don't have the greatest quarterbacks in Denver. You're looking at either Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater, uh, but it also with, with tight ends who aren't going to be able to get the long ball all that well, uh, you're going to have a lot of tight checkdowns for these tight ends. Uh, you've also got second-year Jerry Judy, a wide receiver, uh, return of a, of a previously injured Cortland Sutton, uh, might draw some attention away from Noah Fant uh, and and give him some more opportunities for fantasy production here in 2021. Noah Fant, my next tight end to buy in 2021. I'm going to give you one more tight end that I think uh, deserves noting, and that's New England Patriot, new New England Patriot, I should say, Hunter Henry, currently ranked 15th on ESPN.com. In 2020, where he was getting acclimated to rookie quarterback Justin Herbert, he finished 12th among tight ends, and now he's on a team where an offensive coordinator and a coach that loves utilizing two tight ends. Uh, not a lot of wide receivers to talk about here in New England. Uh, rookie or an aged, uh, not-so-good quarterback here, throwing in the ball, be it and, and that being uh, Cam Newton or uh, their, their rookie quarterback out of Alabama, uh, again, Henry set up for a, for a really good season, checkdowns and security blanket throws. I, I think Hunter Henry could finish again as a top potential top 10 tight end uh, in fantasy this season. Now I gave you three buys and I'm only going to give you one sell because there's not really anybody to sell. Uh, I'm not selling Waller, Kittle or Kelsey, but I am going to sell Baltimore Ravens tight end Mark Andrews. He currently sits at number four on ESPN.com. Uh, and I, I've I mentioned it a few times. Outside of these elite three, um, it's really a pick one of tight ends. Uh, Andrews uh, might look good on paper, uh, but I've mentioned it a few times. Uh, he's he's not going to – the Ravens are not going to be good this year on offense. Uh, and that includes – that's going to include Mark Andrews, who finished sixth in 2020 amongst fantasy tight ends. Uh, the only good thing going for him is that he's the only consistent receiving target on this offense, and it's not saying much. You look at guys like Hollywood Brown, incoming rookie uh, that I've already forgotten his name, and that's that's how much there is to say about him. So uh, he's the only consistent receiving target on this offense, but that's not saying much. So guys to look out for at tight end this year, Kyle Pitts, Noah Fant, and Hunter Henry, and a guy to potentially stay away from, I've got a tight end in 2021, Mark Andrews. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed your fantasy football preview here on Tap Outs and Touchdowns for the 2021 season. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, stay tuned for the second episode this coming Thursday uh, for my NFL playoff preview as well as a preview of the Southeastern Conference in the NCAA football for the 2021 season. For tap outs and touchdowns, as always, it's your guy, Bully Rye, and we are out of time. Thanks for listening today, and we'll see you next time right here on Tap Outs and Touchdowns.